uh, Led Zeppelin there with a bit of Black Dog. Leading us into the Sound Environment Show here on Radio Galari, back on your radio waves. Um, my name's Kat and I'm here with Ilsa. How are you going tonight, Ilsa? Hello. Yeah, I'm really well. Thanks heaps for coming in. Unfortunately, Jason is not able to come in because he's had a very long day on the uh, water and he just got back in on his boat and has, has not quite enough time to get from the boat ramp to the studio. So our marine, our marine scientist is not going to chip in tonight <laughs> with his um, opinion, which um, makes me a little bit sad because he's usually very informed and entertaining. But of course, <laughs> I do have Ilsa. Now, Ilsa, are you a marine scientist? No, definitely not nope. a marine scientist. <laughs> but you do have a bit of a science background. I do, yes, definitely. Um, student of science, straight from high school to uni, a lover of biology and zoology. Um, so not too far away from marine science, but I have spent a big chunk of my life in the desert, so that's very far from the marine world. Mm. I think my background is a little bit similar. I study When I was at university, I studied conservation biology and environmental science and a lot of that for me came from just loving biology as a subject before um, before I got to that level and um, the reason why of course I ask is not to uh, quiz you on your qualifications for a job or anything it's because we are talking about science um, in uh, acknowledgement of last week's National Science Week and uh, we thought Elsa and I were chatting on the weekend we thought Let's, does the science have a bit of an image problem? Maybe let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, let's explore that one a little. Yeah. I, as a student of science with lots of arty friends, I did used to. I was a definite victim of some some comments and prejudice back. There's then. A, there's a few stereotypes about <laughs> science and science students. I mean, what kind of things did you hear or, or cop? Um, I. It was a general opinion from friends that science was uh, either bad, which is very broad, <laughs> um, but mostly, I think, dry and uh, possibly narrow-minded in a strange way. Uh, but I think the dryness was a, a large thing, like a not creative outlet. And also, I think a large layer was some of the crazy inventions that come out of scientific thinking. Mm. Yeah, it's sort of it's it's kind of, this this dryness that people associate with science is kind of interesting because on one hand um, you can say that you know science is a discipline of opening your mind and, and it's a way of exploring the world and there's lots of really fascinating things we can find out through science. Um, different people have the different things that that draw them in. Some people really um, love birds. Some people are fascinated by the nights skies and astronomy there are other people who really get into quantum physics side of things and all the mind bending that happens with that and um, other people are just totally intrigued by you know new medical advances of course the flip side of that is all of those disciplines generally involve a lot of time um, doing the experiments to get the data which can be very repetitive work that has to be done in a very particular way <laughs> so <laughs> i i kind of feel like both sides are true it's sort of a <laughs> absolutely i think it, science it encompasses all and you can like you can apply science to everything in life there is a science to everything because 
science really is just a, a quizzical, it's the quizzical part of life. Why does that happen? To explain the unexplained and to have an understanding of something, be it very detailed or broad. Um, and that's the thing with science as well as like a, what perspective are you going to look at these experts on birds and that they know everything bird but they wouldn't even notice the lizard on the tree because they're programmed to see birds or there's scientists that are looking at something much larger like and you know a landscape and how everything fits into that or where water moves or the science you know that deals with medicine it's just a, a sort of a perception and I feel like scientists, have, that's their perception that they choose to go through life with. Like it's like, a, you know, some of us like to ride bikes. Some of us love to look at genes under a microscope. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your, that's your world and your perception of things. Yeah. But it, it does seem to be with a lot of scientific disciplines, you do have to, to focus in to, you know, to really narrow down on, on that field. And then, if, you know, even within science, there are the different disciplines, you know, there's what they call the hard sciences and the soft sciences, so it's not um, a uniform uniform thing. Um, but, I mean, I suppose that, you know, there's some stereotypes that go the other way about the the non-scientists. <laughs> what, what, the the young art... No, not the... The art the student getting up late and going straight to the, the pub <laughs> stereotype. <laughs> that's true, that's true. But maybe we shouldn't perpetuate those because <laughs> we are talking about whether science has any which problem. <laughs> but anyway, so that's a stereotype. But I don't know, is it, is it, is it true? Do you think it's true, some of these things? I, I mean, well, it's definitely, it's, an, it's opinion-based, isn't it? The, the dryness is there, you're right. You know, science has to be uh, neutral. It can't be an opinion. You can't have an opinion on whether... I mean, that's a whole new realm about fact too. Fact could potentially be debatable, but the point is to make an experiment to figure out whether something is true or false. It doesn't involve any human element of opinion. It just has to be that way and replicated a million times over. Um, sometimes I think that's unrealistic and, uh, you know, it sort of squashes the realm of imagination, which is where the, the dryness comes from, but mm -hmm. it needs to... It, well, why does it need to be that way? Because that's I don't know. how well do you use it's a deep question. What, when, when you're talking about the realm of imagination, I mean, what aspects uh, do you think we're missing out on if we're just looking with a science view? Or, or what do you think that sh science should be involving? Well, I remember... Um, my first year at university, because I was very interested in arts and science, I, I didn't do a double degree, but I did do art subjects within my degree, but primarily it was science-focused. And there was a subject called pseudoscience, which was basically a subject to teach students that science needed to be um, plausible, repeatable, you needed to come up with a hypothesis, which I think is imagination in a way. You need to ask a question and then answer it neutrally through experimentation and, and then your very clear reporting. Um, but that subject took us through realms of all things that could, could not be proven to be true and therefore, therefore weren't plausible and weren't science. And there was a little bit of like ridicule in this subject. So things like water divining or do extraterrestrials exist and all the things that capture your imagination um, and may have maybe even a slightly spiritual bend or, um, you know, an, an, an unreal um, element was sort of squashed during the first mm. year in that subject. And I didn't notice until about 
seven years after uni, I went, wait a minute, I used to be a little less cynical and more imaginative before that year, and it's taken me a while to get it back. Um, like, I do see the point of that subject, but I also sort of feel like I was slightly brainwashed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, possibly. And I, it's interesting, I'm surprised that extraterrestrials were on on that list because there are actually a lot of um, scientific bits of work done to just see if it's possible that life could exist on other planets either in this solar system or others and so maybe extraterrestrials might not be in the form of X-Files little green men uh, but it's at the moment it is the jury is still out it's entirely possible that life could exist and lots of science research money goes into looking at that question I mean there's the whole um, SETI project um CTI which is kind of a, a an outer space listening for signals program I cut sorry I cut offhand I can't think of what the acronym stands for <laughs> yeah but um you know that is a thing that exists and I but I, I think you've pointed out perhaps one of the problems when we start building up these ideas of a, a particular discipline or even a, just a tool for looking at the world is that that elitism comes in into it and you know i mean m- maybe water divination isn't something that you can look at through a scientific point of view but it doesn't mean that you know you necessarily need to have that attitude about it yeah you know? definitely definitely and i yeah exactly and i'm sure many many scientists don't and t- you can actually still apply the scientific process to looking at water divination and even things um, these days that seemed back then when I was at uni slightly fantastical are are sort of I think like the word's more a bit open to you know exploring so that you know say Reiki and the study of Reiki um, people might look at that practice as not founded in science but then you can actually apply a scientific process to it and there are, we've got machines and all sorts of inventions now that can measure things that we couldn't measure before and it just because we cannot prove something to be plausible actually just means we maybe don't have the tools or we're not able to, but it doesn't mean that something can't be true. Um, I think science is aware of that, but the general image of science is is not that like yeah. all-encompassing. Well, I mean, part of it is people talk about positivism and post-positivism. So, you know, positivism is... Uh, the scientific view that everything can be looked at with with science and it, it does kind of go quite well uh, or goes hand in hand with that that view of science is dry and narrow but I think increasingly um, we live in a post-positivist world um, which is a, a new way of looking at it that says you know there are multiple things can be sort of true at the same time and science is just one way of looking at the world it's not the only way that we look at the world it's good for particular things it's not good for other things um it answers certain types of questions it can't give us any directions on other types of questions like maybe philosophical questions and so uh perhaps scientists need to uh, catch you know catch up with that but also the the view of the community as well needs to see how science is changing and i think you know the view of scientists is changing as well there's increasing recognition of the way you can't do any experiment without changing it. That's kind of one of the fundamental principles. The observer always has an effect. Yeah. 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 And we're back to the sound environment with Kat and Miss Pickle over here. <laughs> 
We are talking about science uh, in celebration or perhaps just recognition of National Science Week, which was last week. And we're looking at the question, does science have an image problem? And (laughs) just during the break, we were talking about... um, there's kind of an anti-science movement um, in, in, in a way. Um, that's what I. That's the way I would describe climate change denial because it. I think personally that the evidence for climate change is quite overwhelming, and that the um, there's there's actually very little that disproves that climate that disproves climate change. So I find that I find that climate change denial is anti-science from my point of view because I do not find the argument scientific. I find it ideological. Um, but what do you think? Is that, is that a sign that science is in trouble or am I just... <laughs> it's or do you think there's a point? Sometimes things can go through a scientific process and have uh, different answers. You know, there can be a couple of conflicting answers that come out of it or it depends on the way you might run an experiment and what, what things you take into account when you run that experiment will tweak your results. So it's very difficult when you're relying on science for... a a solution to a problem it might highlight that maybe science isn't always right or you know science isn't isn't I don't know because it's such an analytical um, process that's and thorough you always assume that if it's tested by science and that is you know definitive but perhaps that highlight that's an example that might highlight that it's not or it's a, it's based on it it can be tweaked by opinion um, but yet yeah, definitely science is actually brought into that argument a lot and I wonder whether science's image is just about communication um, and how how data is communicated and what it's used for and how it's used and whether there's you know agendas behind it or yeah yeah I mean certainly the sorts of questions that get asked by science studies are they're not neutral even if they're using the science method the sorts of questions that we think are interesting and worth putting science money into or getting CSIRO to look at or whatever um, reflect whatever the you know whatever is happening in politics at the day um, with perhaps with the well I was going to say with the exception of people who fund their own scientific endeavors but even that is usually a reflection of the time and you know whatever the you know the priorities of the time are so it's uh, (laughs) Yeah, the the outputs of science can affect its reputation, like the invention of the atomic bomb. Not so great for the science image. Uh, (laughs) Medical breakthroughs, you know, cures for diseases, great for the science image. Um. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but I mean, equally um, with the with the nuclear bomb, investigations into that started looking for a a way of getting um, cheap energy. Yeah. So, (laughs) whether or not you think it's um, a positive or a negative is is uh, again up to interpretation. But you can't deny though that if you split an atom, quite impressive stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, and that's then what humans choose to use it for, um, and perhaps that's that's a good point. That's right. Um, and so with climate change, it's it's we can argue about the science behind something, but maybe the real message is people just want to look after their planet. <laughs> I think that's probably a good way of um, getting to wrap up our discussion. Does science have an image problem? I, I feel like, I think, yes, maybe science does have an image problem. <laughs> yeah. If, if you say that, if, if you are hanging out with mates or you meet a new person and say, I'm a scientist, are they going to give you the thumbs up and go, that's so cool? Or are they going to go, uh-huh? 
don't know. I yeah. Just, are you, whether you're a scientist or not, are you a cool person or not? It's <laughs> yeah. more the question. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Elsa, thanks so much for coming into Sound Environment and talking a little bit of science with us for National Science Week. No worries.